Good morning and welcome to worship on this, the third Sunday after Epiphany. We're delighted to see so many of you in church and welcome those who are worshiping with us from home and our friends at the Springs. I'm going to invite you to uh, join in the brief order of confession and forgiveness and invite you to turn and uh, face the entrance to the church. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. On that word of grace and promise, I invite you to take a moment for self-examination. Most merciful God, we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, God gives the power to become children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. 
Almighty God, by grace alone you call us and accept us in your service. Strengthen us by your Spirit and make us worthy of your call. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated.
The first reading this morning is from the book of Jonah, the third chapter. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he'd said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading this morning comes from the book of 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter. Brothers and sisters, the appointed time has grown short. From now on, let even those who have wives be as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no possessions, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Two verses from that Gospel reading that we're going to hold in tension as the focus of our meditation. The first... The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. And then the second. Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you fish for people. I'd like to start with the first one. The time is fulfilled. Jesus doesn't say the time has simply come, nor the time now seems right. It's stronger. The time is fulfilled. What's more, Jesus goes on and clarifies it. The kingdom of God has come near. And by coming near, that doesn't just mean temporally as if it's just coming soon. It can also mean spatially. The kingdom of God has come close to you. The time has been fulfilled. It suggests that all times have been fulfilled. You in the first century Judea who have been waiting for the deliverance that God promised, the sweet relief that all the trials and tribulations that we've been suffering as we remain under foreign occupation, struggle and hard living, you who have been yearning and clamoring for God to finally come into this world and to destroy evil and suffering once and for all and to finally be able to live in peace, harmony, harmony and unity with God. For you, the time has been fulfilled. So let's rejoice, right? The time's been fulfilled. God's has come into this world, has finally set it right. All time has been fulfilled. We're now in the good life. That's what they would have been expecting. I don't know about you, but for me this past week, I wasn't feeling like the time had been fulfilled. Like this kingdom of God has finally come close and conquered the terrible sufferings that we experience in the world. Even in that picture, in that theology, the calamities that we experience that are no fault of our own, 
would be concluded. Suffering has been removed. That's what we would expect with the time has been fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near to you. Instead, this past week, we had an ice storm. And for some of us, and I count myself in this fortunate number, it was a frustrating inconvenience. We were stuck in our house from Saturday to Wednesday. We weren't able to drive. And what's more, for most of the time, it was nigh unto impossible to even step outside our house. We all got a little bit stir-crazy. In my house, where a four-year-old lives, who could see out the window that there was something like snow and she wasn't allowed to play in, things got a little frustrating. And we all started using up things in our cupboards, our freezers, in the back of our refrigerators, and it really was inconvenient and frustrating. And we were the very fortunate ones. The church properties never lost power this week, and we had a few branches come down on Potter Street, but nothing that caused any real damage, just a little cleanup. But for many in our community, this past week was far worse than that. It wasn't just inconvenient. Many of your roads and routes into town were blocked with downed trees. Some were stuck in the hospital and not able to get home simply because they were ready to be discharged but weren't able to get out. Some were the opposite. They needed to get to the hospital and couldn't because way was not open. Many of you lost power. And in many cases, water along with it. And some of you still don't have power or potable water. And you saw supplies of food in your refrigerators and freezers slowly spoil until you had to throw them all away. Some were unable to get access to medical care, medical supplies they really needed. Others called for an ambulance and had to wait at sometimes several hours for a first responder to arrive. I was fortunate this last week. Many of you weren't. It was a hard week. And for many of you, there remains another hard week ahead. And amidst all of that, Jesus has the audacity to say, the time has been fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near to you. If this is the kingdom of heaven Jesus was talking about, I have to say I'm a little underwhelmed, Jesus. And I would surmise... The followers of Jesus in the first century felt that way too. We know later on in this gospel that the disciples did not take it well when Jesus informs them as his role as Messiah is to go suffer and die. That was not what they wanted. You see, they expected great things from Jesus. They recognized that in their lives they had a very real problem. They believed many of the challenges they faced were not things they could control. They called it evil. They were very comfortable thinking about those as supernatural powers. And so, in apocalyptic eschatology, which is what this is officially called, 
They were hoping and waiting for God to arrive and come and defeat this evil for them. And they assumed God's appearance would be a cosmic conflict between God and the forces of evil in the world, and then evil would be finally destroyed and God would be established as the true king, wherein there could be God's kingdom established on earth that we then could live in in peace and harmony, what the New Testament calls the kingdom of God. And at first, in the Gospel of Mark, it looks like this is what Jesus is going to do. Right before our reading today, Jesus seems to do that. He is in the interaction with spiritual forces. Right before our reading, it says that the Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan, and angels attended him. All spiritual forces, angels, spirit, Satan, evil, no people. And then our passage. What does the time being fulfilled in the kingdom of God look like? It looks like they have something they would never have been expecting. When Jesus says to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of people, something new has arrived. The idea that the Messiah would want to be followed is probably not all that surprising. But how were they going to follow? This is the first time in the Gospels Jesus calls anyone to follow. And what comes with it? The second statement, I will make you fishers of people. You, the followers of Jesus, are going to be doing something. You're going to have a role. Well, that radically changes things from what they were expecting. I can imagine the frustration. But Jesus, that's not the apocalyptic theology we wanted. We wanted you to come and destroy evil and establish the kingdom of God. We wanted to watch. We wanted that to be our role. Why don't you go back and do that thing you did in the wilderness? Just, you know, do it more and solve it all for us. But Jesus does something different. He calls them and says, you are part of this. This gospel I have for you is for you to share. The grace I extend will be extended by you. That yearning for something new and different It's here, but not from God on high establishing it alone, but by you, right where you are, living it. That's what Jesus means when he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. You're part of it. And I think sometimes we might get disappointed Because we thought Jesus was going to take away all this suffering and pain. Instead, the kingdom of God, like we thought of it, was not established on earth. That will be when Jesus returns, but for right now, we still live in a world of suffering and death, of disappointment and loss. That's where we live. That's where Jesus says, follow me. And I will make you 
fishers of people. Jesus is saying something about all of us here. Rather than it being an obligatory duty, you know, we have to do this because Jesus says so, it's a statement Jesus is making of value that we really have the ability to do this. We do have something worth offering. The world around us is one of suffering and pain. We can be part of extending grace to it. That's the other side of the time has been fulfilled. We don't have to wait. We can be empowered right now. Jesus proclaims the gospel and so can we. The gospel of our life and our actions. The gospel of being the means of grace to others. The gospel of being the hands and feet of Jesus. Right where we are today. Amen.
is a joy and privilege to have four generations with us in worship today. We have Bill and Dolores Lewis and their daughter, Debbie Garrow, and her daughter, Sarah, and her husband, Brandon, and then their children, who have also been baptized here, Audrey and Ava, and now today, Jackson. And so I'm going to invite you to take, you can be seated, and take out your red hymnal and turn to page 227, and we'll follow along uh, with the service. But this is a a way of remembering how we are brought into God's family, and the, the faith is passed on from generation to generation. And so again, it's a joy and privilege to have you all here. There's something else that's kind of special today, and that's that... Uh, Sarah wanted to invite her grandparents, Bill and Dolores Lewis, who have been such a faithful witness in her life, to be the baptismal sponsors for her son, Jackson. And so that's a very unusual uh, way of inviting uh, grandparents into, and great-grandparents in this case, to share in this joy. And they are going to be honored to, to fill that role as long as they're able. God, who's rich in mercy and love, gives us new birth into a living hope through the sacrament of baptism. By water and the word, God delivers us from sin and death and raises us to new life in Jesus Christ. We are united with all the baptized into one body of Christ, anointed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, and joined in God's mission for the life of the world. Who presents this child for holy baptism? And now Sarah and Brandon, called by the Holy Spirit, trusting in the grace and love of God, I ask, do you desire to have your son baptized into Christ? And as you bring your child and your children to receive this gift of baptism, you've been entrusted with responsibilities to live with them among God's faithful people, to bring, and now Jackson, to bring him to the Word of God and the Holy Supper, to teach him the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, and the Ten Commandments, to place in his hands the Holy Scriptures and nurture him in faith and prayer so that Jackson may learn to trust God, proclaim God through word and deed, care for others and the world God made, and work for justice and peace. Do you promise to help Jackson grow in the Christian faith and life? If so, please respond, we do. And Dolores and Bill, because of your faithful witness to your children and your children's children, you were chosen especially to be godparents to your great-grandson. And so I ask you, Do you promise to pray for and nurture Jackson in the Christian faith as long as you are able to do so? If so, please respond, we do. And now I invite the assembly to stand once again. And I ask you, people of God, do you promise to support Jackson and pray for him in his life in Christ? If so, please respond, we do. And now, whole people of God... As people of God, I ask you to profess your faith in Christ Jesus, reject sin, and confess the faith of the Church. I 
Do you renounce the devil and all the forces that defy God? If so, please respond, I renounce them. Do you renounce the powers of this world that rebel against God? Do you renounce the ways of sin that draw you from God? Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Please be seated. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. We give you thanks, O God, for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters, and by your word you created the world, calling forth life in which you took delight. Through the waters of the flood you delivered Noah and his family, and through the sea you led your people Israel from slavery into freedom. At the river your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By the baptism of Jesus' death and resurrection, you set us free from the power of sin and death and raise us up to live in you. Pour out your Holy Spirit, the power of your living word, that those who are washed in the waters of baptism may be given new life. To you be given honor and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Sarah, would you bring Jackson maybe to this side here? Some warm water here to give you a bath. Jackson Thomas, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You like your bath, don't you? (laughs) Yeah, he likes his bath. And you guys can do this with your thumbs. Yeah. (laughs) Blessed be God, the source of all life, the word of salvation, the spirit of mercy. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, that through water and the Holy Spirit you give your daughters and sons new birth. Cleanse them from sin and raise them to eternal life. Sustain Jackson with the gift of your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence, both now and forever. Amen.
Jackson Thomas, child of God, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Amen. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. Let us welcome the newly baptized with the response at the bottom of page 231. We welcome you into the body of Christ and into the mission we share. Join us in giving thanks and praise to God and bearing God's creative and redeeming word to all the world. Welcome, Jackson. Here's a blanket with his knee um, that we want to give to Jackson. And do you want to hold this for your brother? Good. Let me fold it up. It's got dinosaurs on it. That's right. Does this simple break this room? Good. Because there are some other gifts that we want to give you. And one of them is a Bible because we As we celebrate Christ embodied in human form, we pray for God's blessing on the church, the world, and all of creation. God, our rock and deliverance, do not let your church be shaken by storms and challenges. We trust you never abandon your promises to all people as we endure through both times of plenty and times of need. Inspire your church with wisdom and empathy toward all, especially those struggling this past week with severe weather. God of grace, hear our prayer. God, our hope and refuge, you have created us as part of a complex ecosystem called life. Included in that ecosystem is weather that can be fair as well as severe, gradual as well as unpredictable. Inspire in us gratitude for your creation to lead us to be stewards of it, including supporting other people struggling against elements. God of grace, hear our prayer. God who proclaims judgment and offers mercy, be a model to the leaders of our nation and world. As they lead, may they follow in your way of justice and truth. God of grace, hear our prayer. 
God who cares for the suffering. Be with all those who have struggled, those who've lost power, those who've been displaced, those whose way into services are not clear and are waiting for relief, those who lack water and heat, those who had damage to their home. Keep safe all people at all times. Be with any among us who are sick for many reasons, injured or in recovery or in any kind of pain. We pray especially this week for Dan Bates, Terry Chapp, Chuck Dietz, Dal and Gay Haverlin, Morgan McCrory, Alice Rothstein, Todd Shorak, Gretchen and Jeff Seamus, Ray and Susan Wade, and several of the family members of David Joe. For whom else or what else do the people pray? God of grace, hear our prayer. God, who welcomes all people into one body of Christ, we give thanks today for the baptism of Jackson. May he be blessed in all his doing in his life as a beloved member of the family of God. God of grace, hear our prayer. God, who holds the saints against your tender bosom, we trust you welcome them into your care. Comfort those who grieve, even as we place our hope in your salvation. We pray especially this week for those who love Sheila Jarosevich, whose service was last week, and David Fitz, whose service is later this afternoon. God of grace, hear our prayer. Knowing the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, we offer these prayers and the silent prayers of our hearts. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. I invite you to stand up and share that peace with one another. Wave to those joining us from home. Peace to them. few announcements of our life together this week. First thing I want to mention, what we've mentioned in the last two weeks, is for those of you joining us from home, that on the main central web web page, you see right below the link where it says to join the live stream, a little button that says, please let us know who you are. And it's been wonderful hearing from you. hearing who you are and some of your uh, situations and where you are located, I invite you to continue doing that. Click on that little thing and just let us know who you are. It's been a joy to be able to be connected with you just even a little bit more. 
Um, second, I want to make note of, on the back of your bulletin, it's the very bottom one, that you'll notice where it says Lenten Daily Devotion. You'll notice that, or you might recall that last year during Lent, we created a daily devotional written by you, the people of Central, for the people of Central, and um, with uh, short verses, very short reflections, and pictures. We're going to be doing that again this year. And um, as we prepare for that, um, uh, look forward to that in Lent. But also, if you're someone who is wanting to contribute one of those daily devotionals, um, please talk to me about that. Um, and then the other note I want to make is today, directly after service, we're going to have a special uh presentation of the 2024 mission and ministry budget in the parish hall. For those of you joining from home, it's also available on Zoom. The link was sent out to you in an email yesterday. Um, And so please join us in the parish hall. The finance team is going to have a presentation talking about the budget, and this will be setting us up for next week between services where we'll have our semi-annual congregational meeting where we'll be voting on a few things, but chief among them is that budget. So please join us today for the informational session, and next week, please plan on being there, and it will also be available uh, Zoom as well, um, for the actual semi-annual congregational meeting. So with those few notes this week, let us continue our service with our offering.
invite all who are able to stand. Let us pray. Gracious God, receive the gifts we bring, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Through this meal, unite us as your body, shining with the light of your justice and mercy for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, Creator God, through Christ our Lord. Sharing our life, Jesus lived among us to reveal your glory and love, that our darkness should give way to his own brilliant light. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth. In mercy for our fallen world, you gave your only Son, that all those who believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We give thanks to you for the salvation you've prepared for us through Jesus Christ. And we ask that you send now your Holy Spirit into our hearts, that we may receive our Lord with a living faith as he comes to us in his holy supper. Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, blessed it, and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated, and know that this is Christ's meal, and it is Christ who bids you come. As soon as the communion servers are in place, we'll invite you to come down the center aisle 
receiving the bread in the form of a wafer and then dipping it into the cup. The cup has red wine or white grape juice. Uh, we also want to encourage you, if you're unable to navigate toward the front of the church um, for any reason, uh, please know that we will come and serve you where you are. It is Christ's meal, so it is Christ who bids you come.
And now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Giver of every gift, Christ's body is our food, and we are Christ's body. Raise us to life by your power for the benefit of all people and all of creation, and to your glory, now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. the light of Christ. Thanks be to God. But before you do, please come to the presentation on the budget. There's coffee and treats in the parish hall. And then next week, in addition to our semi-annual meeting for the congregation, 
We have the Central Lutheran Foundation annual meeting as well. So please come. We need a quorum.